Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, Bears fans, to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is going on, everybody? It's finally Friday, and for me, it's like finally a Friday where I get to sit down with Nick and talk some Bears. I think the last time we did this was January 20th, give or take, so almost a full month, which it doesn't feel that way, but between Senior Bowl, Super Bowl stuff, I think I was sick one of those weeks in between. It's been a mess, man, but it's good to be back with you and having this opportunity to talk some Bears with you. Well, I, I knew it had been a good amount of time, right? January 20th, like you just mentioned, but it, it feels like it's been forever. But like at the same time, like you just said, it feels like it, it hasn't because there's been so much going on. But I am glad that we're back into a routine for a little bit now until the combine is here in less than two weeks. And then... Our schedules will all get mixed up again, but it'll be a, a good and busy time for CHGO. Yeah, and I think you and I are doing a great job getting ready for that combine. Uh, obviously, in years past, we were balancing other full-time jobs, the podcast, and going to cover the combine. But this year, we actually have time to sit down and preview and discuss and just take porous notes on all of these prospects. And I know we have a couple of weeks before the combine, but I already feel like the most prepared I've ever been. How about you? I'm getting there, Will. I'm getting there. But like you said, it's it's nice not having to you know go balance that full time job and then on the side, you know, look up like twelve prospects and we just have so much more time to do it. But by the time it rolls around and all the possibilities, then we have a good foundation and we have this database. If you've heard about it, if you're a CHO diehard. You know all about our database that we have for free agents, draft prospects. So you can go check that out. But you do have to be a diehard to kind of take uh, take in everything that we're kind of putting in there. So make sure to check that out because it's going to be well worth your time, especially when the draft rolls around. It's going to be a great way to just even hit some of our hot links to videos of prospects that we're going to be recording next week. Uh, and then we'll be adding our notes to those players, too. It's just going to keep growing between now and the draft, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a great resource. I don't know if we could get to, like, the beast status, uh, okay. but we're going to do our damnedest of making it as uh, impactful as possible and a resource worth your time. So allchgo.com slash diehard. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up. Get access to our uh, big board for free agency. Same thing for the draft. And I'm just going to let people know what to expect here in today's episode, Nick. We're going to look at some power couples. It is Michael Jordan's 60th birthday today. So I was thinking when I woke up, Jordan, 
Pippen. It was Valentine's Day just a few days ago, so it's just a perfect time to look at some power couples, some dynamic duos that the Bears can have between their free agency and draft classes, trying to find ways to complement one another. And then with less than a month to go, it's time to begin building our free agency list. So we're going to even take it a step further. And in addition to the free agency players that will be in the first segment, we're going to even have more to talk about in a second. And then some news broke yesterday about DeAndre Hopkins and there's no trade clause being no more. We'll talk about that, how it can impact the Bears, and Nick has some strong thoughts about it. And if you have any Bears questions, throw them here uh, in the comments. Lawrence is in the back end. He will star them up. And at the end of the episode, we'll answer some of your Bears questions. I think I covered it. I think that was a great rundown. And apparently you're making some people hungry uh, in, in the chat here. Will said nice. hot links makes me want barbecue. So. Yeah, uh, food sounds good right now. <laughs> food does sound, uh, okay, maybe, I mean, typically it sounds good. I had a, a weird <laughs> mix going on in my stomach of a venti coffee and okay. sushi. And I, and I don't know if it was the smartest idea to do this about an hour before the show. We'll, we'll find out if I make it the full hour, if, uh, if this <laughs> is something I can do, if this is long-term and sustainable. Uh, real quick, we do have a super chat. Start things off from Isaac. Good old Isaac. He's been uh, supporting us for a long time, Nick. Uh, what do you think about the TC guard, TCU guard, Steve Alvia? Uh, as I'm assuming would be the name here. Uh, he Does he look good for a white hair replacement? Have you looked into Steve at all? I have not. So that, that'll that be my homework. You're, again, we're adding to that that draft board list. But what was that? Was that one of your guys that made the list on your, your board? Or- for the one game, or maybe I'm just mixing everything up. He but. was uh, one of like the national championship players for us to kind of watch and highlight. And he seems like he's going to be a, a decent guard in the league. Uh, there are maybe some other interior offensive linemen that I would like, and actually we'll talk about that in an upcoming mm-hmm. segment. But I'm not opposed to that direction if maybe, say, the plan I lay down later doesn't pan out. I saw one more comment. What kind of sushi? I had eel sushi because I'm allergic to most shellfish or fish. And so eel is like the one that I found years ago I can eat without like, you know, blowing up like a balloon. And and so I stick with it. It's been harder to find since COVID in 2020. It's kind of like, I don't know if we're, like, we're overfishing these eels. Uh, my wife <laughs> thinks they're butt ass ugly and she doesn't know how I eat them, but they taste delicious. They do look scary though. This is so weird because Stephanie and I were looking, my girlfriend were looking at like Hawaii, maybe a trip to go down later. And I was looking at the top you know, animals to, to watch out for the most dangerous animals. Eels came up on that list. And now I see that, you know, Will's just over there eating them and maybe making them in danger, but it, you know, it's full circle with the eels. There you go. Eels and escalators. But no, if you actually want to like bring some <laughs> eels my way, uh, I, I don't know how to cook them, but that's probably another part of it as it's cooked, which probably helps me a little bit, but I want to get into this bears talk. So let's just jump in dynamic duos, power couples, how can the Bears pair their free agency class with draft picks the best build this team for the long term moving forward? And I think the big one, uh, and we threw it uh, as like the thumbnail would be like Will Anderson and mm-hmm. Deron Payne. And uh, I know it's not like any of our official ones, but I figured we can at least kick off this conversation. But like referencing like this to me was like I've heard a lot of Bears fans talk about maybe pairing the two. It was kind of like inspiration for the segment. Obviously, having a, you know a top in de- like a interior defensive lineman in the league that's established, awesome. Pairing it with perhaps the best edge rusher in the entire draft class, it's hard to you know sneeze at that being a plan that w- would work here in, in Chicago. What, what are your thoughts about like the potential pairing of those two? I know yesterday 
Uh, we got some news about like, eh, he's probably going to stay there in, in Washington, Painwood, which kind of, you know, makes this one maybe obsolete if he obviously doesn't hit the open market. But what are your thoughts about this potential pairing? I mean, that would be the most ideal scenario, right? If you were to get your three tech, who is a disruptor, someone that would be, again, quote unquote, the engine that Maddie Reflusa talked about. And then you have an edge rusher like Will Anderson to complement that. When you're looking for how to quickly revamp your pass rush, those would be the guys. And of course, you can also maybe like you put a Jalen Carter and then maybe get another edge rusher. But that that combo of Deron Payne, an established player, and then Will Anderson with what he's capable of, what he showed at Alabama. Yeah, I would think if when Bears fans think, how can we revamp the pass rush? Those would be the two guys that come to mind if you're looking for one free agent and one draft pick to kind of do it. But yeah, it was the, the obvious one that I think we both had talked about, but we didn't want to put them on our list because we want to, again, highlight some other combinations that that Bears fans should at least consider and look out for. And again, this segment and really even the next segment, as much fun as it is to like come up with these pairings, uh, I think the primary purpose for all of our listeners and viewers is to learn more about these for Asian mm-hmm. players uh, and some of these prospects all at the same time and this fun kind of like game environment so for my first two weirdly enough i focus on the defensive line spoiler uh we can you know talk about them in a minute but i'll go to you first i want to know your first pairing here today yeah so i was thinking about how you're gonna help justin fields out the most and when i looked at free agency and the draft i went with going to go get mike mcglinchey somebody that brad spielberger from pff talked about yesterday and then adding a guy like Zay Flowers, who I really like out of Boston College, in the scenario, like, how do you get this guy like Zay Flowers? It probably would be in a tradeback scenario. You go back to four, and then maybe you get the Colts' second-round draft pick, which is scheduled at number 35. And I've seen some mock drafts where Zay Flowers is going at 25 to the New York Giants. Well, you never know what's going to happen in the draft, but this these two positions right here, a right tackle and then another receiver to help out Justin Fields, that's, I think, immediate impacts. And Zay Flowers may take a little bit longer, obviously, being a rookie receiver. I don't expect him to be Jamar Chase, right, coming out in immediate impact. But somebody that will give Justin Fields another guy that he can trust, can go to, and then also have just the protection that he he's able to find maybe as Zay Flowers downfield. But I wanted my first pairing to be immediate upgrade for Justin Fields, and I did that by addressing the offensive line and the wide receiver position. If you're in the comments, I want to know your thoughts about this potential power couple uh, in Chicago. Nicky makes some good points. You give Fields some extra time in the pocket, someone that he can, you know, trust over there on the right side. Pair it with a young emerging receiver that can, you know, develop within this scheme and be someone he can also rely on. Seems like a win-win uh, in my book. So I like where your head is at. I'm going defense. I already told you my first two are very similar to like the example. It was kind of like the prototype that really kind of got my gear spinning uh, as we're preparing for the show. So my first duo is Yannick Ngakwe and Jalen Carter. And as we talked about, this bolsters the edge and the interior of the defensive line. And again, this is a game we're going to learn more. The one thing I learned, though, doing this exercise is that I like the edge class in the draft much more than I do in the free agency market this year. If the bears want to bolster the defensive ends and the edges, and they don't want to like overpay for someone, the draft is looks like it's going to be a really good spot. It's a deep class compared to the free agency class where even some of the bigger names like Marcus Davenport, Clowney, I get reservations about signing them to a bigger 
deals. So when I look at these guys right here, you know, Ngakwe, nine and a half sacks last season in 15 games. That's half of the entire total that the Bears had as a unit for the entire defense last year. And over his last two seasons, 19 and a half sacks, 39 quarterback hits. And we talk about raising the floor. Ngakwe has a solid floor. Every single season since he was drafted, in 2016, he's had at least eight sacks. And that includes 2020 when he played for Minnesota and Baltimore, which are two entirely different defenses. He's been primarily a defensive end throughout his career. That year, he went to Baltimore for a bit. They asked him to be a stand-up outside linebacker, rushed a quarterback, and he was still doing well. So he just that shows me he's a football dude, someone that can just go out there and bolster a defense. Last year, those nine and a half sacks were 11th most of all edge rushers. He's a hits guy. You talk about the takeaways, the lack of them, and needing more players to create them. He has 21 forced fumbles throughout his career. And then you have Jalen Carter, who we've talked about a lot in this podcast, but of course, one of the biggest names in the draft right now, a disruptor in the interior. He can eat up the doubles, hold his gap, win those one-on-one blocks, and create some interior pressure. He can play the three-tech. He can play the one. So if Justin Jones sticks around, you can have both of them starting up front. So again, just like the first example, this one kind of bolsters the Bears' defense inside and out. Yeah, and anytime you can put Jalen Carter with anybody, I think I like that combination, to be completely honest. Well, But Yannick Ngakwe is somebody that I remember writing him up in that database we were just talking about earlier. Again, an ascending, I think an ascending player. And mm-hmm. still there's more... Uh, more that he has to show, more that he has to offer and could be a good fit. Like Will was just saying in his 4-3 defense and they just need edge rushers to be completely honest. My second pairing, again, stick. I, 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 spoiler alert, I stick to the offense for all of my pairings here. But we are going, if this is case scenario where D, uh, David Montgomery doesn't come back. So you're going out and still upgrading the running back position. So we're going to go and get Tony Pollard even though he just he had yeah he broke the leg maybe he can get him more on a team friendly deal we'll we'll see how that all works out in free agency but then adding Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern there and yes he is a left tackle maybe that means Braxton Jones goes play on the right side but I'm thinking about the this wide zone scheme that the Bears love to run they want to be a running team that there's no doubt about that but all the options that you can have with a player an upgrade at left tackle, maybe still keep Braxton Jones on the line. Like I said, move him to the other side. But Tony Pollard offers you a lot more, in my opinion, than what David Montgomery does with those explosive plays. That's the that's the big knock I yep. think with with David Montgomery. Like he's a physical runner, gets you those tough yards. And I I love David Montgomery, but when it comes to explosives, it's not really what you see all too much of. But Tony Pollard, he he definitely creates those on his own. And with this wide zone scheme, I think he would be a perfect match for what Luke Getze wants to see. Complement that what Justin Fields can do on, on the ground. Again, creating more ways to actually put up points, stay on the field on offense, and maybe even win games, Will. But again, sticking to the offense, looking how to upgrade with a free agent running back and then the the young tackle there from Northwestern. The arms don't bother you as of right now? You know, as of right now, no. We've seen guys in the past. I'm blank. I don't know why I'm blanking on the the guy from the Chargers right now who had the same Northwestern as well. And completely, someone <laughs> in the comments will uh will uh get, set me straight there. But I think, can you play? Can you play the position right? And when you we were we had um Jeff Schwartz on the show, and he uh, during Super Bowl week, and he said when you block, 
I don't know why they measure all arm length because your hands are like this, right? So you kind of bend them backwards. So there's no reason to measure from, you know, the base of your arm to in the full length because you're actually just, you know, you're bending it. So I'm like, oh, that's a really good point there. Slater, thank you, Gary, um, um, for, for the other Northwestern um, offensive lineman. But, yeah, if, if he can play, he puts himself in position – like, I think you can overcome some of those physical limitations. Like, he's not going to go out and get longer arms out of, out of nowhere, right? That's not going to happen. But if he can play the position which he showed he can in Northwestern, I think he could do the same in the NFL. Here's a good question from Anthony O. Just mentioning the, the strong possibility of Powder getting tagged down there in Dallas. So what would be a backup plan in free agency at the position? Hey, look at the, the Super Bowl uh, losing Philadelphia Eagles. Miles Sanders would be an awesome fit. In, in this scheme too as well. And it was weird. He was a the fifth leading rusher in the NFL, Will, but I felt like in the playoffs, there wasn't as much Miles Sanders right. as, as you know, as opposed to the regular season. So that would also be a guy if let's say he gets tagged Tony Pollard. Hey, Miles Sanders is another guy I like from that 2019 draft class. All right. Uh, I remember actually talking a lot about Sanders heading into like the draft uh, with you on the, on the audible mm -hmm. back in the day. So definitely it just shows like time's going too fast when all these players that we talked about going into the draft are already like becoming free agents. Like it, it makes my head spin uh, and my heart hurt a, a little bit here. <laughs> Let's uh, get into my second dynamic duo, which is uh, again, sticking with the defense for me right now, Javon Hargrave and Miles Murphy. Uh, and again, I'm trying to find ways for the Bears to get after quarterbacks here. And Brad mentioned yesterday uh, on our show that he expects Hargrave to be someone that the Bears wouldn't mind throwing uh, a decent amount of money at on a two- to three-year deal to kind of maximize Justin Fields' contract. And even though he's a little bit older, we have seen this position, interior defensive lineman, kind of play like the top elite guys, can play well into their young 30. So it doesn't really bother me. Uh, all too much. And he is an elite interior pass rusher in this league, according to PFF, third best at, at the position since 2020 behind Aaron Donald and only Chris Jones. Uh, and he has a pass rush win rate at the same span of 18.8%, also the third best at the position. He's had 11 sacks, 57 total pressures last year. And those 57 total pressures, Nick, is 12 more than the entire Bears defensive line made by themselves in an entire unit. And then on the outside, I was thinking about Will Anderson here, maybe Tyree Wilson, but I mentioned yesterday that like Miles Murphy, the more I watch him, the more I like him. And I saw Gary in the chat talking about Will Anderson being more of that stand-up outside linebacker guy. And that is something that I'm starting to see and like be concerned with myself if he is going to be asked to be a pure defensive end. Is that really the best position for Anderson? So I'm going with Murphy where I don't even have to like worry about that whatsoever and he's a hot motor player he has plus athleticism he's a tariff getting after quarterbacks he's also really good as a run defender if not one of the better guys in this draft class at it second highest run grade in the d uh in terms of like the acc last year and if you go back to his freshman year he actually led the nation with the highest run defense grade according to pff and that was his freshman year he thrives and nick you would love watching him on twists and stunts he knows how to utilize that leverage he has great uh, mobility within those condensed areas of the field can kind of navigate those shorter angles and windows and he's only 20 years old so you have a young guy with a good mix of athleticism he's very seasoned but there's also a lot of raw potential to tap into 
Uh, he's just one of those guys I look at and believe he's going to be a dude here uh, in, in the NFL. So again, another pairing to kind of bolster up this Bears defensive line for for my second couple. I like it. Well, uh, again, anytime you can upgrade those positions, those major positions for Iberflus, Allen Williams defense, really, I think that's going to be, it's going to go a long way for what this unit's actually capable of. And that's an immediate upgrade to the secondary. They played, they played well down the stretch of the season. You get a pass rush. That's definitely going to help things exactly. move forward. Exactly. No doubt about it. All right. My last pairing is, I don't know if it's like bears fandom in me or what I really, really want to see. And doesn't even not the, one of these players is not a free agent, but he's a guy that I wrote about today. Uh, I'm, I'm all about upgrading the offense and helping Justin Fields in year three. So why not go get him two wide receivers in DeAndre Hopkins? You go out, make the trade. The no trade clause is waived. That makes things a lot easier for what the Bears, what the Bears could do for any team that's trying to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, but also Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I think when we, that was the one player and part of my take, which Fields was on um, their podcast that he highlighted, like I'd want to play with him. Well, here's the here's the why I think this could be an awesome pairing. You have your established wide receiver that helps you out year, you know, first year he gets here with for Justin Fields, and then you also don't have to necessarily rely on a Jackson Smith and Jigba to be that guy right away. And I think he st- obviously can be. That's why I had the Bears go getting him. But you also DeAndre Hopkins is not here for the longevity, right? He's already 30 years old. I think he can still be that number one, be very productive, but you have both these guys. Now there's no excuse for why Justin Fields has limitations in the passing game. Yeah, you would need to probably add an, another piece to your offensive line, but he has the weapons now. Now there's no reason why he doesn't have the weapons. And, you know, I wrote wrote about this in um, for all CHGO, like in year three, this is when young quarterbacks go get their number one wide receiver. Dak Prescott got Amari Cooper. Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. Tua Tagovailoa got Tyreek Hill. Jalen Hurts got A.J. Brown. And then in it, you'll see just the number increase in terms of passing yards, QBR, that they were able to bump up when they got that receiver in the first year. And I think when we're thinking about Justin Fields going into year three, you want to see the immediate impact. And I think a guy like DeAndre Hopkins can provide that. And why not go get another wide receiver in the draft? They go get Hopkins. You should still be looking to draft a, a young wide receiver. And Hopkins could be a good mentor to any young yeah. receiver. The entire Bears wide receiver room. I, I don't disagree with you uh, on that. I know we're going to talk Hopkins a little bit more uh, later in the show. And I have some questions about him for you specifically that I'll kind of hold off uh, until then. But I saw this super chat about 10 minutes ago from D-Man Shy about a couple about how about Ben Powers and John Michael Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to my third couple here. It may sound familiar, but you got you called it. It was spot on. <laughs> ben Powers and JMS here. And it, you, you can go back. You can call me Brandon today. Just call me Mr. Trenches because, uh, again, all three of my duos were about either defense <laughs> or offensive line. But here you get two young guys. That can be staples for your offensive line. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. Ben Powers, immediate upgrade at left guard, six foot four, 340, 26 years old. He did not allow a single sack last season 
only seven total pressures. And again, Baltimore was having multiple quarterbacks play last year due to injuries. And he's not the best run blocker. I've talked about that in a previous episode on the show, but I do believe he's skilled enough to hold his own. The Bears offensive scheme is friendly to offensive linemen to set them up, makes their jobs a little bit easier. And he's shown in the past that he can be a better run blocker than he was last year. So again, that's to me a non-factor and he's a strong dude. He can handle anything a defensive lineman throws his way, bull rushes, rips, clubs, swims. It doesn't matter. He has the tools like box to combat anything kind of thrown his way. And then the draft, you get a center and John Michael Schmitz, who is a solid run blocker and pass protector, 6'3", 306. He will be a 24-year-old rookie. Don't tell that to Bears fans unless we're going to have a whole Valich Jones comparison uh, on our hands. But he is considered perhaps the best center in the draft. High IQ guy. He can pick up the game pretty quickly, be the leader you need at center. And then, again, we talked about Hopkins being the mentor to maybe a you know receiver in the draft. I think the same thing here with Ben Powers at left guard. You draft yourself a center, and that's a hell of a mentor to have on your left side, someone to lean on, learn from here. Uh, so I love that pairing, and I think that would be a great way to just, I think, untap Justin Fields. I, I know we need talent, like you said, Nick, but if you can sure up that interior and he's not getting pressure right in his lap immediately and he can kind of hang tight in the pocket, learn to trust it, I think that's when you really start to see him blossom as a passer too because you allow those plays to develop without having to go off schedule as much as we saw last year. Yeah, those two picks really solidify the interior of the Bears offensive line. You have Tevin Jenkins as your right guard, Ben Powers, JMS. That's a line where I think if you're Justin Fields dropping back, you feel good. You feel good that you're not going to have that immediate pressure up the middle. So uh, I, I like that pairing too. And, you know, you, you focus, like you said, more in the trenches. I, I had one offensive line, but more of the skilled guys. All options, all things to maybe consider as the Bears are going to have so many things to think about. And if you're Ryan Poles, this, this is like your dream. Like how the hell am I going to, you know, retool this roster in the way that is going to best fit this team for 2023. And the floor is his. It really is. All right. Any final thoughts about our couples? I thought it was a great, uh, I'm biased. I thought it was a great segment. I thought we had a lot of fun. We learned a lot about some players here. Chat seemed pretty engaged uh, throughout it. So that was, I don't have any final thoughts. Another, I'm glad we did it. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, it was really good by you with this being Michael Jordan's 60th birthday and the pairing, you know, with Scotty. And I, I thought it was a, when he put it in there, I'm like, oh, I like that a lot. So it got me thinking what can best work for this team. So kudos to you, Will. Thanks. And it was weird because I didn't know it was his birthday until after I made the segment. <laughs> I don't I'm not going to oh, lie. And. The other day, I was like driving my oldest to school and he wanted to do like rap battles. And one, he said something about I'm slipping and he's Jordan and I'm Pippin. I was like, how did you? I'm like, really? <laughs> like, he's nine years old. Like that's and I, I got I got burned, uh, as he said, but he's not allowed to burn trash. So I don't know. I don't get him sometimes. But all right. Uh, we have more free agents to talk about. Before we get to that, uh, I got to let you know about DraftKings. I want to know, like, obviously, the Super Bowl's on Sunday. I'm curious how everyone's Super Bowl bets went. Mine did not pan out like I thought they would. I should have just put money uh, in Kansas City, but I got too, I guess, cocky and wanted to do some parlays in addition to who I thought uh, was going to win that game. But even though the Super Bowl is over, obviously the NBA is in current, like full swing, baseball's picking back up. And of course, you got to just stay around uh, throughout all of it because DraftKings, they have the best. Uh, props and boosts. And I just love checking out couch basketball, March Madness. I know that's kind of where I'm going with my bets now is 
more college ball in the evenings. You check out how those games are going at halftime, throw a few legs down for a parlay. I, I think that's been a lot of fun, and you should get in on the action over at DraftKings. Download the app right now. Sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner uh, with uh, with the NBA and code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, that was my brain scrambling when I made all my bets on Sunday for the Super Bowl. I, <laughs> I made my first one, and it was just a coin toss. I'm like, yeah, this could be a good day, and literally every other bet. As people have come to know on this podcast, I am not the best at betting. I should just stop, but I won't because I love DraftKings, but I also love Game Time, which is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with a game time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets if you still want to go. Blackhawks tickets because game time is created by the fans for the fans and guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here, CHGO Bears podcast. It's Friday, and we are looking at draft picks, reagents, and if you haven't yet, hit the like button here. I see a lot of people in the chat asking for it, so I'd be doing ourselves no favors if I didn't want to see Justin Fields pop up with the thumbs up, hit that like button if you can. And Nick and I, we're going to kind of do, again, it's called like a free agency wish list. Uh, maybe use that loosely, but these are guys that I wouldn't mind seeing the Bears sign. Uh, but also, I guess I'm not going to say like I'm married to this list uh, at all still at this stage. So for me, I'll begin here, Nick, since you kind of kicked off the last segment. My first player uh, on my wish list, you talked about Mike McGlinchey earlier. But the more I look into like what he's maybe will cost, what his limitations are, I get concerned. So if I'm looking at upgrading the Bears' right tackle position in free agency, I really like me some Jawan Taylor over there in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. He's a 25-year-old player, 6'5", 312, and he was a top pass protector at the position last year. He only allowed pressures on 2.5% of his dropbacks, which was the third best in the entire league. Like, sign me up. Have that guy protecting for Justin Fields now. You would not hear any concerns from me. His run blocking, I can note, wasn't good. You can classify it as perhaps bad. That does maybe lower his price point, but it does raise a concern. But I still look at this offseason's number one priority is building around Justin, and that means getting him solid protection. So if I have to lose a little bit of run blocking at right tackle, so be it. And even though he wasn't great, you look at Riley Reef, you look at Larry Borum, he was actually kind of where they already were at. So it's not like a huge drop off and you're getting a big upgrade from a pass protection standpoint. I think we can live with that. And he's also improved every single year as a pass protector. And I think he's shown, just like I talked about with Ben Powers, that he could be a better run blocker in the past. And he's a player that, again, he was drafted as a 21 year old, he's now 25. And he's played every single snap since he was drafted, over a 1,000 snaps wow. every single year. So it's a lot of experience at a very important position that the Bears can definitely 
benefit from upgrading. So Jawan Taylor right now is one of those players that I have circled on my wish list. I like that about the availability he's been able to show throughout his career so far. Much like, a, you know, Braxton Jones in year one didn't miss a single offensive snap. So already in favor of getting a guy that you know is going to at least be on the field for you. Uh, for my guys, I, I definitely went with a, I don't know if it's under the radar. You've definitely heard of this guy that I'm about to mention, but that's kind of how I approach these free agents. I we're look again, looking to help Justin Fields, immediate impact. Does it Alan Lazard? do anything for anybody in the chat here. Obviously, Green Bay Packer knows Luke Getze. He was asked to be the the number one, right? When Devontae Adams goes out, obviously he had help from Christian Watson, but 60 receptions, 788 receiving yards, 98 targets. But I just think about the fit for the Bears and what he could do for this offense. No, that doesn't, the Bears can still probably upgrade and go get a true number one, but you do have a better complimentary of receivers there. If you add a Lazard, a Mooney, Clay Poole, Bayless Jones, and Cole Kamen, you could still go get another guy, but just a, another player for Justin Fields to work with. And I don't think the there's not going to be a big time frame for him to adjust to what the Bears are running here. Because again, he was with Luke Gutsy. So that's why I like this pairing for immediate impact and what you could see for production on the field. Um, our guy, Brad Spielberger, you know, put his top 100 free agents and a projected contract that he came up with three years, 33 million. So 11 million per year, 21.5 million guaranteed. You're going to, you're going to overspend a free agency. There's no doubt about whoever you sign, you're going to overspend, but maybe this could be a guy that could be a nice, uh, nice upgrade for a wide receiver room that needs a lot of it. I see the chat was, uh, not a fan of the Lazard. I'm not all too surprised. Again, though, this is a segment to learn about potential free agents. And you look at the wide receiver class specifically for agents, and you don't have a dude out there. You don't have that bona fide wide receiver one. I, I saw the rather keep that. Come on, Jake Gold. Let's let's be realistic here. He's what number until Chase Claypool shows you something, he would almost be slide over him right now. Because Darnell Mooney. And then it would be Lazard. Like, the, let's not act like the Bears have weapons here if they don't. So you need to go get some guys that uh, Justin Fields can actually throw to. Okay, so I'm going to go with my wide receiver too. And again, we're talking about receivers who are available in the free agency. We can't just go with T. Higgins on everyone's ass right now. It's just not the <laughs> yeah. segment. I would love to do it, but it's not the segment. So you went with Lazard. I went with Jacoby Myers, six foot two, 200 pound receiver who's been very consistent. And this is out of all the names available. He's the one that I like, I think, the most right now. Consistent New England, despite going through multiple offensive changes, whether it be Brady leaving, playing with a rookie Mac Jones. Heck, he had a defensive guy being the offensive coordinator last year in New England, Matt Patricia. Like, what was going on over there? But it, still, over the past three years, 79 catches on average with 906 yards and three touchdowns over the last two seasons. In total, he's had 150 catches for 1,670 yards and eight touchdowns. Six of those came last year. Those six would have been more the entire Bears wide receiver room, I believe, if I remember correctly. And almost a team high for the Bears. It just would have been right behind Cole Komet. So is he the bona fide wide receiver one? 
already said he's not, but like Lazard, he is another guy to have on there. We're looking at who's available in free agency, and I think he can make the room better with his versatility. I remember sitting at the combine in the room with Ryan Poles for the first time, and he mentioned loving to have a room of receivers that can do a little bit of everything, which helps you keep defenses uh, on their toes. And you see that with Myers. He can line up outside. He can line up in the slot. Uh, when you look at his splits, it's nearly 50-50. And when he's in the slot last year, the passer rating when targeted was 117, which is good for the 11th best of all wide receivers from the slot. So again, 26 years old, maybe buys him some time to develop someone to a true number one, wait until one of those become available. Maybe a trade doesn't pan out and they have to settle for something. Like that's where we could potentially be at. So I would go with Myers over Lazard. Uh, someone uh, or a very poor man, Allen Robinson. I can I can get behind that to a degree, I believe, but I don't know. You you tell me where your eyes on the chat. Did they like it as much as Lazard or hate it as much as Lazard? Was it okay? Oh, they definitely liked it more than Lazard. I can tell. Oh, thank you that. God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone. I I think Isaac. Isaac's the one guy who's like Lazard. Put him on the team. Appreciate you, Isaac. Again, just it, not like this is my first go-to guy. Like I said, it's kind of under the radar, but. Options. The Bears are going to consider a lot of these guys. They have they have the most cap space in the NFL. It'd be crazy if they they didn't. Um, but my next guy is I hopefully will be I don't know regarded better than than Lazard. But and I I heard his first name pronounced two ways. But I'm going with the way that I wrote down here. Obanie Okoronkwo would be the way. No G. No G. Even though he has a G in his name. So we're gonna run with it. But I'll just refer him to Okoronkwo and. I think this is a guy that when you look at, I'm get, I'm going with Fitz. Fitz here. Last year he played with the Houston Texans, who ran that four three scheme under former head coach Lovey Smith. And in that year, he posted his, his best stats to date. Um, he had a 22.9 percent pass rush win rate, ranked seventh, and his 17.5 percent pressure percentage, ranked eighth among edge rushers over um, a certain time span. And he became a starter for the first time in his career, starting in week 11. But I think when you look at Okoronkwo, it's a, an ascending player at a position of need that wouldn't cost you the bank for, for getting, again, an edge rusher that is younger, still needs to, I think, prove himself a little bit. But he had his best season of his career in a scheme that he would run very similar to what the Bears are going to do uh, in this 4-3. So I like that fit in terms of what the Bears could be adding for, again, not the top-end dollar. They have plenty of money to spend, but if you can get a young player and see what he's also capable of, I'm all for that. So Okoronkwo, I don't know if people shit on that one yet, but if they did, that's okay. That's all right. We're all here to, again, inform everybody, but I think that is uh, somebody that would be enticing for me if the Bears were to go get him. Pairing him with Yannick Ngakwe, I I think, would be an interesting double dip at the position in free agency yeah. that maybe both of them would cost as much as a miles Garrett or like a Davenport Davenport's injury history is a big concern. Clowny big name. I, yeah, I don't know if I, I just don't know how he would fit here at this stage of his career, but both of those guys, and then you can also cut Aquadine Muhammad, by the way, I'll say that that'd be like my three part plan for free. <laughs> cut Aquadine, replace it with Yannick and And then who you just mentioned, I'm not going to try to butcher the name at the moment, but that would be, an interesting way. And then you can still draft someone too, because that room needs help all the way around. Yeah. Again, it's going to be interesting how the bears really approach this because 
if you go get one big big ticket free agent edge rusher right i don't know how much more you can you can add to it yeah you can add maybe lower end guys but like our potential plan i don't know would they be mid-tier maybe oh now it's our plan that was our plan. Well, no, now, now it's now we're now we're collaborating here. But you had like Okaron Quo, and then who was the player that Yannick Ngakwe? And what yeah, a what a duo to pronounce, names. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ngakwe and Okaron Quo on the edges. Then it, it you just add more depth to a defensive line that does need it. Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak, if they sign both, would be like. Oh man, if they have a lot of sacks this year, we are gonna be tested. That, that may be a lot of fun. All right, someone else on my wish list here for free agency is Draymond Jones, defensive tackle uh, right now out of Denver. Uh, he's 6'3, 281, versatile. He can play in the three, he can play in the one tech. Uh, after being drafted in the third round in 2019, 22 sacks, 133 combined tackles, 28 for loss, and 12 uh sacks over the last couple of years and i think after his rookie season he's had at least five and a half sacks every year so again trying to lower or raise the floor here in chicago 11th most pressures at the position with 45 uh 12th in sacks and that was only despite playing 13 games last year imagine if he played a full season a whole nother month of football where he would have ranked he was just outside the top 10 uh, if you want to look at how he played in like a first snap or per rush basis, his pass rush productivity score was 10th and it was above Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Aaron Donald last year. Just wanted to throw that out there. And I know run defense, not his prowess, but again, we're trying to find guys to get after the passer here. So you got a guy who can be versatile, line him up all over, younger, ascending. And again, you talked about it earlier about when we we're doing like the, the, the duos and I mentioned defensive players and how this can also help the secondary. Uh, and we can even take a step further and talk about how it can help the linebackers having these yeah. guys that can actually go out there and make some penetration into the backfield. But Draymond Jones is another player that's on my radar right now. Yeah. I've definitely been seeing a lot more of him lately too. So another guy to keep an eye out for if the bears don't go the premium. Right. And I saw someone in the chat say, Oh, you guys are overthinking this. Again, yeah, we could say the Deron Payne's of the world, like the big guys, and you all know that. But this, we have a lot of podcasts to do from now until free agency, until the draft. So we're going to go into everybody if we have to, to make sure everyone knows about these players. Uh, and th- maybe this is another player that people don't really know about, but Dalton Reisner, the left guard from the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. I look at the situation that the – well, Cody Whitehair is in right now. He's being paid right now like he's a fifth – best guard in the NFL. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that's not the case for Cody Whitehair. And he's been a, a professional forever since he got here in 2016, he had to switch positions, take contract cuts, all these things, but he's not the fifth best guard in the NFL in terms of oh, no. uh, per annual you know basis. Right. So Dalton Reisner, a guy who played 967 offensive snaps last season, all at left guard, only allowed one penalty and three sacks, according to Pro Football Focus, and had he did have a better pass block blocking grade, seventy-two point six, then run blocking a fifty-three point four. But I, you know, I'll, I think I'll take that. I want the guy that's going to be able to pass block, especially in this situation, especially playing in the interior. You can get some help and things like that. But Dalton Reisner, if you're looking to move on from Cody Whitehair, this is not. I keep saying, going to this phrase. I don't know why, but it's, you're not going to break the bank doing so. And there's not 
we mentioned some interior offensive linemen earlier in the show. He would be a step below that, I, mm-hmm. I believe. But also, again, financially, probably a smarter decision to to move on from Cody Whitehair and go with a guy like this. Dalton Reisner from the Denver Broncos. I talked about Reisner maybe a few weeks ago on After Dark, and I called him a poor man's Ben Powers. He's just a little bit older and a little bit... I'm going to say worse, but I don't think it's like too strong of a word here in in pass protection. But I mean, Ben Powers is like elite. So he's just very, very good is what I would call Reisner. And talked about it. I saw like $6 million for a potential annual salary. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like that would save a lot of money. And that's someone that I think is worth the money on. Like you mentioned what white hair's impact is right now in the books. And there was one year, 2020, Reisner didn't give up a single sack, too. So he has been a consistent pass protector in this league, and he's only missed three games in his career. So he's a durable guy, too. I just wanted to throw those extra notes your way. And real quickly, well, our awesome producer, Lawrence, put in the chat here. And I, yes, completely forgot to put this in my notes, but Reisner was the Broncos' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Mm. So it kind of just speaks to the person that he is, too. Um, again, on top of what he was doing on the field for a Broncos offensive line that wasn't very good, he was kind of the you know the better one out of that group, but also Walter Payne Man of the Year nominee, which is also a great thing to be. Absolutely. Don't want to you know, not highlight something like that. It's good to talk about these players, but when you have great human beings behind the player, it's great to highlight mm-hmm. you know that portion of their personality and really who they are as a person too. All right. My final guy is actually a player that before yesterday wasn't even like on my radar and it's kind of like a name I knew, but the more I looked into it, the more I was like, hmm. And so that's why he's my under the radar guy here right now. And it's Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker who's currently for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we all know the Bears need linebacker help. Jack Sanborn, great ascending, hopeful star here in Chicago. We love to watch him play and everyone loves to root for the kid. But and I know a lot of people like like the Colts linebacker, you know, Bobby O is how I'm going to go right now. <laughs> uh, I had that last name pronounced correctly earlier this week, uh, and now it's I definitely don't have that in my notes. But anyway, like this is another guy that could be under the radar more so than he is and still be a very intriguing option for the Bears. So last year, Pratt had 99 tackles, two interceptions, 10 pass breakups. He's also durable. Uh, he's played 62 of his 66 career games in his first four seasons. 26 years old, former third-round pick of Cincinnati. Last year, his defensive grade was the 10th best of all linebackers, but where he thrives, Nick, is in pass coverage. He had an 87.2 coverage grade, which was fifth best in the league. Not fifth best linebacker in the league. That was the fifth best coverage grade in the entire NFL. And in the second half of the season, so week eight on, his overall defensive grade was a 90.1, which was the best among all linebackers uh, in the NFL. I saw in PFF that he did not miss a single tackle when defending the run. So you're a really good pass coverage guy who also doesn't miss tackles when stepping up and defending the run. I like this. And he's a younger player who's trending in the right direction. Cincinnati just has a tough salary cap situation with other players coming up from contracts this year. Next year, they have a lot of money to invest in some of those offensive weapons. He can be a Will. He could be a Mike, depending on how they want to utilize Sanborn in the future. He's a very skill set and a versatile player that I think can be plug and play wherever they want to put him. And that's what I like about him. 
Real quickly, Will, I, I wanted to add a linebacker to my list, and I was really close to doing so. And I'm seeing now the chat, like, good, let's hear about linebackers and free agency. The draft is really not that deep from Doug there. What about TJ Edwards, uh, someone who just was playing in the Super Bowl? It's going to cost you more, right, because of, I think, what he's been doing for the Eagles. But uh, obviously he knows Jack Sanborn. We got uh, Adam Hogan. I got a chance to talk to him um, on Monday for Super Bowl Media Week. He really likes what Justin Fields is all about. And he showed you some. He showed you that he can fill up the statue, but he's also a good football player. A guy that I, you know, I was going to put on here. I don't know why I didn't. He's a good player, but I also see Leighton Vander Esch. That was another guy I was looking at for linebacker. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I wanted to get a linebacker so much, but. Well, I had a feeling. Actually, I didn't have a feeling. You just did it. You put a linebacker on there to inform everybody about it. But um, I think that would also be, as Hair Bear says, there's value in Edwards, Nick. Appreciate it. I just find it funny that you would ask me that question about Edwards after I (laughs) played a game with you and Greg on December 12th. Yeah, I have it in my notes. And you all said no to TJ Edwards. Oh, boy. You all said no to TJ Edwards. And I was like, he led the team with 115 tackles. And this is, again, as of 12-12, eight tackles for a loss, five quarterback hits, two sacks, seven PBUs. He was an undrafted linebacker out of Wisconsin. He's that Jack Sanborn before Jack Sanborn got to the league and became Jack Sanborn. But he's like, you take Jan Sanborn and you just like the best case scenario for like a development. That's what TJ Edwards has already done. And I would not be opposed to bring him to Chicago. And that's why I asked you when you guys both said no. Yep. Uh, I think a uh, little time has changed my opinion on TJ Edwards. So if the Bears were to go get him, I'd see exactly why. It'd be an upgrade over like a Nicholas Morrow, right? I think that's that's what you want. And it's still it's still an important position, Eberflus' defense. I keep saying Eberflus, even though Alan Williams called the plays, but we all, we all get it. Um, so the Bears, they upgrade there. I, I can see why. You have another one on your list, or uh, are you you're done? No, no, that's that's all I put on, uh, in the notes for for today, unfortunately. But <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I saw him. I I read about him a little bit more on on Brad's top hundred, and you know, wanted to shout out TJ Edwards a little bit. RW five twenty eight. Don't mess with Will. He keeps receipts. <laughs> yeah, watch out. And I saw Greg <laughs> pop in the chat. Maybe he was got confused because, as we know, on After Dark. I tend to get Greg a little swirly in the head, and I've been working on that. that that's that, all right. That's why the, the shows are always so much fun. That, that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I know we're going to talk some DeAndre. If you have some Bears questions, real quick, throw them in the chat right now. I see a few things start that we can talk about to wrap up the show, but it's a great time. If you have any Bears question, throw it in now as we kind of get into our final segment. And I know before we actually get into there, Nick, you have one more message to share. Yeah, I got to tell everybody about uh, Goose Island. CHO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Some great options. There's so many great options, as you hear the goose in the background if you're listening to the podcast, like the Blackhawks Pale Ale, Bull City 312, the Beer Hug IPA Series, and my new favorite, the No Plans. Definitely got to go check out that one this weekend. You can find them basically anywhere. And Goose Island's two local locations are open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton, or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brew House at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, 
Go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company. All right. Love me some goose without question. Now, speaking of love, maybe love is a strong word, um, but you wrote that article about DeAndre Hopkins, about that no trade clause being waived. And that's due to like the PED suspension, if I understood that correctly from last year. Uh, and I know you wrote in your article and something I liked and you kind of glossed over it though, but I think here would be a good time to kind of like talk about it a little bit more in depth is cause you went back and you kind of like broke down some of the previous trades that we've seen for some of these number one wide receivers, whether it be Stefan Diggs or AJ Brown and how they kind of impacted some quarterbacks uh, from both a yards perspective from one year without to the first year with, uh, and their QBR also uh, had an impact. And I think there was one interesting outlier, uh, but let's talk about how this can potentially help Justin Fields using those examples. Yeah. Well, I just look at, you know, again, that's a trend as of late, right. For these quarterbacks that are going into year three. And I think when you look at Jalen Hurts specifically, there were a lot of question marks after his second season and whether or not the Eagles were actually going to commit to this guy. And, you know, just could he actually be a franchise quarterback? Well, those questions have been answered. And a big part of that is because he went out and got a number one wide receiver like AJ Brown. When you see the touchdown that he scored in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts trusts that his guy is going to be able to go get it. The, the DB on the play uh, did not play the ball very well. But A.J. Brown still went up to make a contested catch and to come down with the touchdown. So I just look at, like, how can you immediately see what a quarterback, a young quarterback, is capable of? Well, go get him a number one wide receiver. You see Tua. Tua is in a very similar situation, too, two years into his NFL career. And now you have Jalen Waddle. You have Tyreek Hill. And obviously he has the concussion issues. But in terms of what he's able to do on the field, he can play. He can play the quarterback position. So as I'm thinking about Justin Fields and we talk about his wide receiver room, it just makes sense in my eyes. Well, if the bears have all this capital and Deandre Hopkins is not going to be here forever, why not go get a guy like that? Especially now that no trade clause has been waived that you can get an immediate impact guy. He already knows what it's like to play wide receiver in the NFL. It's not like a rookie that needs to take time to develop. He can go out there and get you yards, production, win his one-on-one matchups right away. So I just like the possibility of however you have to get him, and that's that's the negotiating part. Like the Arizona Cardinals have asked for a one, you're not doing that. But can you negotiate with a a 30-year-old wide receiver, going to be 31 in June, to potentially put down what it would take to get him? I think it's just it's the best way to get an immediate impact for a young, young quarterback like Justin Fields. And we all want to see more out of the passing game. I think DeAndre Hopkins can, like how I put it in the article, unlock that in him. Now, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. Obviously, bringing in someone of a you know DeAndre Hopkins caliber would be tremendous to have here for Justin in this offense. And I don't think anyone would you know disagree with that point right there the concerns will be age uh you know moving forward i know 30 for receiver i think it's a pretty strong number in terms of i could drop off soon thereafter i don't have stats to back that up i'm just going off the top of my head uh but i'm glad you kind of talked back because you said like whatever it takes to go get them and i was like whoa hold on like we get we need to be reasonable about that and i'm glad you mentioned like don't you know you can't give them the first or things of that nature great 
And one thing you said in your article, though, uh, is that he would probably prefer to go to a Super Bowl contender, you know, given his age and where he's at in his career. So if that is true, how do you feel about like if the Bears and the Cardinals like kind of twisted his arm a bit because he doesn't he can't say no now and kind of dragged him to Chicago? Like there's a chance he could be like disgruntled and not wanting to be super engaged. Like, is that a risk worth taking? Do you think it would be a non-factor? I'm just curious how you would like navigate that because that would be a concern for me if he doesn't want to be here because of the rebuild. Like what would he actually provide? No, that, I mean, that's a good question. I think too, like if you're making these deals, like you would, you would obviously have to be transparent about like what the team that he's going to go to. But a lot of players around the league have talked about Justin Fields and have only had amazing things to say. Like we were asking some of the Eagles players, like what was it like facing him? And again, glowing remarks. So for for DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, he probably at this age probably would want to go ring chasing a little bit. But I think when you do play with a guy like like Fields who's earned that respect, especially how he played last season, I wonder if that lines the mood a little bit, right? And that it's a it's a valid point. But now that the no trade clause isn't there, like obviously he would have had a save beforehand, and now he doesn't. And there we've seen teams make that jump from worst in the, the division to first. I'm not saying that's exactly what the bears are going to go do in 2023, but it does help it putting him with a guy like Fields. the offense is going to grow. And maybe this team is closer to being more competitive than, than what it seems like on the outside looking in with all the holes that they have. But yeah, he's a professional too. He's still going to get paid millions of dollars to go play football. Right. So it, it is um, something that I think you maybe consider, but, I'm sure if he were to get traded, it, it wouldn't uh, hopefully not be like a a distraction in, in what is a really good locker room for the Bears. They won three games. You wouldn't even know it because of how tight knit right. and open and inclusive that, that locker room is. I think the chat seems rather not like starkly divided, but there are people like, yeah, if it's mm-hmm. reasonable, awesome. And then others that are of course, kind of have their eyes set on maybe some younger players like T Higgins or the draft right now, right now, which makes uh, again, a a lot of sense. But if you're looking at Justin's rookie contract, which we're entering year three, so you have this year, next year, maybe a fifth year option or you extend them. But if you're trying to maximize the next two years or so, Hopkins could be a guy uh, to kind of fill that void and kind of help them take that next step. And as we talked about earlier too, maybe mentor up some of these other young wide receivers all right let's see what kind of questions that we have here for today i actually want to start with one that started at the top of the show about our black and white like the hoodie or sweatshirt that hogue wears is uh not not on sale anymore lawrence do you know because you started well i guess i was uh i I was thinking it's it's the one that's with the little csgo flag stack logo but honestly i don't know why I, i just i just grabbed it i don't know maybe i should no i see it right here i see it uh the one that he wore during super bowl yeah it's got the flag and then it's got the chgo on the left arm there i see it right now on all chgo Uh, that's one i don't have chgo locker locker.com nick it is this one right here right is this the one we're talking about yeah that that would be the one i'm pretty sure yeah i know i know that's a that's an adam hogue in his closet. Mm-hmm. I know that. So. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a fun little addition to the site. Like which CHGO personalities like have this in their closet. <laughs> yeah. Faces there. That, that would be. 
I, now, I have, now I have ideas. I need to, I need to stop myself before I talk I'll to say this. More Whenever one of you guys is wearing a certain item, I'll make sure to include it underneath the YouTube because you could add some of the different uh, shirts. Oh, there you go. It's the big I, flag I, one underneath there. I guess not. I'm going to like pull well, my shirt up that much. I usually, I usually do it before. If it's before the show, I'll add it. Oh, that way people okay. get to see like, oh, I like that shirt. And then like, oh, there it is. Boop, boom. Yeah, that's smart. I, I like it. Uh, what about, I saw Spirit of 76. Wondering about over there in Denver. Do you think Sean Payton Nick will want to hang on to Jerry Judy? I don't know. Uh, good I, question. I don't know what, yeah, Sean Payton. I don't know what his deal is. It would be like you're taking away a weapon from Russell Wilson who forgot how to play quarterback. I don't know if that's like the best option right now, but anything's possible in terms of what it's a new regime comes in. I don't know as a player other than like the quarterback, you feel safe, right? I feel like anybody is expendable if you get the right compensation back for it. So maybe Jerry Judy's another option to look at it. I'd be enticed. Head over to our, uh, I was going to say sister channel that, you know, DNVR for DNVR Broncos ask them. Yeah. They may have a better idea. Is there as a tune as they are to the Broncos, you know, as we are, uh, to the Bears, I'm just going to go in order. I see a super chat from Isaac. I uh, just wanted to wish me well that things are going on for me. I appreciate that very much. Definitely been a rough month uh, for a multitude of reasons, but I appreciate uh, the kind words there, and definitely things are looking up. So two thumbs up there. Thank you, Isaac, uh, for you know now and then all your support in the past. Uh, then from Dub Bears eighty five. Can JF1 development progress this next season with a solid receiving core as much as if he didn't get a true number one? So is it worth spending to get a one? I, I think these are, you know, a couple of good questions. Brady has some strong thoughts about it there, Nick. So what's he saying? Can you decipher it? Good question. There must have been a, and I don't even want to say it's very loud because when I say the word squirrel, he loses it. I don't know if that's what's out there. But that guy is losing his mind right now. So sorry if it bothers you as you're listening. But that's my whole point in the article. You go get a number one. That's going to help his progression. If you don't, then you're you're kind of relying on a group. And that's what Ryan Poles did say at his end of your press conference. Like He's comfortable with doing that. But to me, I've just seen the past trends of what it has been for young quarterbacks going to year three to get a guy that is a proven just talent at the wide receiver position. So I think it's a good investment for the bears to go look into that. Absolutely. Uh, Isaac E uh, had a question about Edmonds and I saw this pop up when we were talking about linebackers specifically. Uh, so this must've been for Tremaine Edmonds, someone that Nick, I've been pretty vocal about ever since the bears uh, and the whole Roquan thing actually started like about him, not like I think him holding out. It was the first one. And that's, so I was like, mm, what about this Edmonds? For me, as the more the time passes, I would say yes. But if they sign Edmonds, that would most likely put Jack Sanborn as your Sam backer. And I don't know if they want to make that move right now because Sanborn's not, I don't think he's a will. Uh, I think he's really in the best position right now, this defense, which is the Mike and Edmonds, who's been playing in a very similar system uh, over there for Leslie Frazier ever since he got drafted in Buffalo. There's always been the Mike backer in that defense too. And, and his best asset is his pass coverage. His run defense is secondary. And that's why I don't know if I would put him as that rangy ball going after Will linebacker spot. That's the one concern about Edmonds. Great talent. Still a very young player because he was drafted when he was 19 freaking years old. Uh, but I just don't know with 
the current Jack Sanborn situation if the Bears will want to go spend money on him. No, that's a really good point. Uh, you need to f- consider positional fit and what you already have when you're thinking about these free agents. So, yeah, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, like you said, good player. Where does that put Jack Sanborn? It, it, you know, all things that Ryan Poles and this coach staff has to think about. What about from uh, Doggy Elo or Elo about Chris Godwin? Would he be a wide receiver one in your book if he becomes available? I think so, Will. Uh, I think health, right, as of late has been a little bit of the concern with Chris Godwin, but he's someone that lines up in the slot and line up outside, versatile. And I think that that would that would cater well to Luke Getze's offense, what he wants to do with all these wide receivers and putting them in different positions. But that's obviously an upgrade. And I wonder with Tampa Bay, what what is that even going to look like? Obviously, no Tom Brady and going through coaching change, like all this stuff. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do, if it's a full rebuild or how they're actually going to approach that. But Chris Godwin would be an upgrade too. I don't know if I would say he bona, he's like a bona fide wide receiver one. I think he could be like a crazy high end up like a two who can like give you one snaps and potential one production. Uh, but he did play well for Jameis. He played well for Tom Brady. I, I mean, sure. I know with Tom before this year, that's probably easier to do. Uh, but yeah, I like the versatility too. I'd, I'm just not sold of him being like an AJ Brown for the Bears. I think he'd still be a little bit lower yeah. than Brown. Uh, let's see here uh, from the Bears 85. Would you put more into the trenches this offseason and go big on a number one wide receiver next year? I would say that is very well possible if like again it takes two to tango in a trade. You don't wanna mm-hmm. you don't wanna exhaust your resources for a trade unless you're pretty pretty sure you're gonna it's gonna be worth your while and they're gonna have an immediate return on impact and it's not gonna allow like the you don't wanna mortgage the future unless you're certain like you're gonna compete and contend right now. So I would say that's a that's a possibility uh in terms of like free agency and the draft. Yeah, I still think the trade, though, could be an option for him. Yeah, it definitely could be. And when you think the trenches, uh, offensive line, defensive line, that's how I'm, I'm thinking about that, too. I think the Bears do. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I I would say that the Bears will invest more in that group, the trenches, than they do with, with um, like, getting a number one. I would love to see it, but I just I have a feeling they will address offensive line, defensive line when it's all said and done. No, one more from Hair Bear. I see uh, Claypool as the number one in training camp over under. I'm gonna I'm gonna say true or false. Uh, instead, I'm gonna slightly alter this question. I'm gonna say false. How about you? Yeah, fault. Like I think they again could they bring in somebody that's above him potentially, but I I don't know. He does have an off season to actually work with Fields, so that's gonna help him hopefully. Yep. And you know what? Sure. If he can, you know, elevate his level of play, that'd be great for the Bears, but I just don't see number one. All right. And I see a super from Enrique uh, mentioning that uh, they had a secret Goose Island beer labeled Test Beer, and it was a New England IPA. Nice. Mentioned those salad. It sounds sounds pretty solid. Yeah. Um, there you go. The Goose. The Goose is loose. New England IPA. Okay. Have to look out for the secret beer and see what, what happens. I wonder what makes it New England if it's like the like clam chowder or something. I'm just it's a haze thing. Oh, about about the, the haze. About the dankness or the haziness of the New England IPAs. They're very delicious, creamy, wonderful. 
Yeah, Lawrence, real quickly, since you're on, Mubs is asking, what is in Lawrence's background there? Oh, yeah, Lawrence. he said that, and he said, is it beer? Oh, you're drinking over there, Lawrence? No. What's going on over there? That's just my Arsenal flag. Shout out to the mighty Arsenal who have now decided to be Arsenal and start failing miserably. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, uh, Nick, Lawrence, you're on the screen. Any final thoughts, guys, before I say adios? Uh, I mean, Ron Burgundy didn't want to see the dog. I don't know about that. Oh, do you have the doggo? Oh, my dog? Oh, yeah. I don't know where he's doing now. He's probably okay. waiting he's for moved me on, to huh? catch. Yeah, he's moved on from the squirrel. Oh, boy. Uh, other than that, <laughs> no. Happy weekend. Thank you. You, know. you too. Sounds great. I'll, I'll wrap up the show real quick. So, again, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the CHGO Bears podcast. Hope you learned a lot about some potential draft picks, potential free agents, and had a lot of fun uh, like we did along the way. If you haven't yet, go to allchgo.com slash diehard. You can learn all about our amazing diehard membership program, and now you can join other fellow Bears fans, Chicago sports fans here at CHGO and kind of join our growing, awesome, buzzing community. Uh, but that's going to do it. So for Lawrence and Nicholas Moriano, I'm Will DeWitt. Have a great weekend until I see you. Bear down.